You little shit. Do you know what you've done? It's too late. I've spent too much time in this body. I'm trapped in here. <laughs> It's Thursday, December 16th, Christmas is right around the corner, and this was going to be a Christmas movie. Yeah, Don Mancini wanted to explain why all those Chucky boxes were all lined up and ready to be shipped out, so he was going to make this take place around Christmas, so so it's fitting that we're getting to this review now. Let's just pretend, since we know the truth. Child's Play 2, 1990, two years after the events of the first film. While Andy's mother is admitted to a psychiatric hospital, the young boy is placed in foster care, and Chucky, determined to claim Andy's soul, is not far behind. Director John Lafia, Don Mancini's back as the writer. So is Alex Vincent, and he learned how to act a little bit. Foster sister, Christine Elise, everybody knows her. Emily Valentine from Beverly Hills 90210, the Firestarter girl. And Brad Dorff reprises his role as Chucky. And he found his voice. I mentioned in the first film, he wasn't quite there yet, but he got it pretty down pat this time around. Didn't take long. Lots of things didn't take long. The writing was better. The one-liners came in, and they were not over the top still. This was pretty grounded in that sense. We got the Chucky laugh when he's doing the Black Christmas kill in the car with the plastic bag on the dude. And this time, you know, I talked about the the little kids and the munchkins playing Chucky in the first movie. Well, in this one, they use animatronics for his whole body. When he's coming out of that closet in the the teacher's room, you see all of Chucky and and it's just animatronics. It looks great. It looks un- it doesn't it looks like it's supposed to look. If a doll came to life, I think it would walk like that. I thought that was great. At 84 minutes, this is the shortest child's play movie. And much like T2, Godfather 2, and Friday the 13th Part 2, people feel that this sequel is far superior to the original. Or just better. Most people say it's their favorite Chucky movie. And I will say, Alex Vincent's parents are really cool for uh, letting, and he's cool, for him wanting to do this, and the parents for letting him come back. You would think they were either, like, put off or traumatized or thought their kid would be or whatever. From that first movie, or they didn't want, I don't know if I want my kid being something like this again. But yeah, no, they were down. It was cool. Very cool of them. But I will say, in this one, um, did anybody else feel frustrated that you have to watch Andy struggle with the no one around him believing anything he's saying all over again? I'm not saying it was uh, overdone or it was exhausting to go through that scenario again. But I'm just wondering how other people felt. Like, is it like, okay, yeah, we already did the whole thing where no one believes them and that's really happening and all that kind of stuff. You know, one of the uh, aspects I'd like to talk about is 
How do you feel when a character who has been dismissing it, the whole like Dr. Cruz in Friday 7 or something like that, dismissing the person, saying, you're crazy, there's no such thing, it's the stupidest thing I ever heard, and then when Chucky hooks the foster dad's leg going down the stairs and the guy's upside down and he looks at him and he's like, how's it hanging, you know? That reveal and that realization that, oh my God, it's true, this doll really is, and then they're dead. So, how do you feel about that? Do you like when that reality, like, hits them in the face and you want them to live with that a little bit? But it seems like they never do. That's the element of surprise that Chucky has over everybody. That's kind of his thing. You think he's just a doll, and by that time you're like, oh shit, he's really... You're dead. You know, almost. Uh, For the most part, like, you don't... You don't get to let that settle ever, or it never sinks in fully or absorb. I mean, I guess it does to some degree. Even in the first one, you know, Sarandon was fighting with him and shooting him and everything else. But, yeah, just wondering what you think of that. I really like the directing in this one. I like the close-up choices. I like some of the shots, like, panning around the stairs when the foster mom is singing to, uh... Andy, and then it pans to Chucky at the bottom of the stairs. Just great stuff like that. But let's get into the events of the movie. So the police denied the events of part one, which I kind of figured they would do anyway, because they don't want to sound like psycho, but no matter what you show them, the doll or the whatever, I guess if you showed them the the dead doll with the heart that you shot through inside the plastic burnt up, I, I don't even, I don't know, I don't even know if it would ever come off as anything but crazy to uh, tell people that. Uh, The mom insisted that Chucky was real, and now she's under psychiatric evaluation, so they took her away, so there you go. If this ever happens to you, don't tell anybody about it. Just kill the doll. I would just stuff him with dynamite and throw a match down his throat. So they took Chucky and rebuilt it from head to toe to see if there were any malfunctions. So they wanted to put them all back together and then play the original stuff that's inside of him or something and show that Charles Lee Ray's voice was not going to come out of it or say wacky shit or anything. That's that's a lot to do. Uh, you could have just taken the microchips or whatever from the inside and just played them. I don't know if you have to rebuild the whole doll to do this, but okay, great. Now we have another refreshed Chucky. But I wonder, while they were doing that, did they not see the heart that was shot through or all the blood and bones and everything else? Like, Chucky became real, right? Is that what we're getting out of this with the bloody noses and everything else and shot and bleeding from his shoulder in the first movie? And even they show in this movie when he rips his hand off in that machine, like, there's real Chucky in there, right? Wouldn't that have been seen? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's it's those things you're not supposed to think about. And I'm not nitpicking or tearing this apart. I think it's a really good movie. I'm just bringing stuff up to talk about. I mean, what else are we going to do for 20 minutes? So, dude gets electrocuted while putting Chucky's eyes in. I guess that's like a... I don't know. Is that like a callback to how there's always lightning and stuff when he's doing the Dambala? Give me the power, I beg of you. Like, is that what that was? I don't, I'm not really sure. But I love when the dude gets blown backwards and flips back into the glass that the guys are standing behind to watch this whole thing. So Andy seems to know the whole plot of the third act of the first movie in detail. I mean, he's like, Chucky has to put his soul into me because I'm the first person he revealed himself to and all that stuff. And it's like, uh, how do you know that? Did Chucky mention that to you when he was 
Like, I thought we saw everything that happened when Chucky went back to the house. How do you know this? He wasn't told any of it. And that comes back later on, too, when Andy sees the Tommy doll. He immediately checks for batteries in the back, but he wasn't there when the mom did that. Everything went chaotic after that. No, uh, Like, I mean, maybe the mom told him when he said, so why, how did you finally believe me? Even though he saw her getting attacked by Chucky, you would think that was enough to believe. But I don't know. It just seems like a very strange conversation, but I guess they had it. So he's going to short-term foster parents, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. Don't! No, this guy was not as cool as Homer. The accent of this mom is revolting. The opening scene when she's asking Andy what he likes to eat and everything, her accent is just, I don't know what it's supposed to be from. I never heard whatever that is. I hope I'm not insulting anybody from whatever country she represents. I have no idea. But the accent is just, ugh. So he meets his foster sister, Kyle, a.k.a. Emily Valentine. Yep, that's all you'll ever be. A good guy doll falls out of Andy's closet. I laughed my ass off. I just, for some reason, love to see people get tortured by this doll. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just love when, uh, like, even in the um, Cult of Chucky, like, every time they go into a room, that goddamn doll is sitting in a chair. Like, why do you people keep this... Like, in every movie, nobody says, get this thing the fuck out of here in any way. Like, even in this movie, when the guy um, is leaving the toy factory, when the guy says, what do you want me to do with the doll? And he says, shove it up your ass. Instead of just taking it and throwing it in the garbage and using one of the 50,000 other dolls that they have, uh, he, like, drags this thing along through the rain into his car. Like, what is he going to do with it? Bring it home? And hang out with it? What What is he doing? Why does everybody keep this doll around? Even in the uh, the TV show, it's it's great though. It's funny. It's it's like an inside joke because you, you know we're all yelling this at the screen. Why? Why? Why is this doll still here? Why is it in the psychiatric ward? Didn't didn't this girl like blame this doll for killing everybody? And and we all think she's crazy. The girl in the wheelchair forgot her name. Uh, the hell's her name? Nia or something? What the hell is it? Ugh, I, I can't remember. I suck. I, I suck with names. But whatever her name is in the cult of Chucky and all that stuff, she is there because she says this doll killed everybody, and yet you still let the doll be in her presence. Like, that, the psycho girl had it in that movie, and she's sitting there treating it like a baby. Wouldn't you say, look, I don't know if there's a good idea. This chick's here because of this thing, you know? Let's be, let's be sensitive to her situation. No, nope. Just hang out with it. It's okay. So, Chucky tells this dude who has the doll to park this piece of shit. <laughs> like, right there, when, once you get to lines like that, you're already thinking, Okay, this is sort of the Chucky I know. Okay, we're already here. So, he suffocates this dude from the toy factory, like, uh, Black Christmas style. So, that's pretty cool. Again, Christmas. So, Chucky breaks the statue that's important to the mom. Andy takes a puff of a cigarette. Then, he confronts the new good guy doll. That's downstairs. I mean, do these parents... Didn't they just talk about this? Why is that doll not in the fucking garbage? It's in the kitchen or something on a chair. Amazing. But anyway, Andy confronts the the new good guy doll, who, uh, unbeknownst to Andy, is actually Chucky. He already traded places with Tommy. And he buries him in a backyard using a toy shovel. <laughs> like, do they expect us to think Chucky's, like, the cutest thing in the world, or or the most terrifying? I can't decide. 
But anyway, so Chucky and Andy are back together. <laughs> that didn't take long. Amazing, huh? Thank God that guy had a briefcase full of uh, Andy's information, and he knew which foster home, and then he knew what to call, and he knew how to find the house he went to. <laughs> and the best part is when Chucky goes, Hi, I'm... And he looks down to the right, and he's like... Because he's trying to remember his name of the other doll, and he's like, Tommy, want to be friends? <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. So, on their first night back together, Andy is already tied to the bed and ready to play hide the soul. I gotta know, when Kyle came in through the window, why didn't Chucky just kill her? Why go into doll mode? He's killed how many people already? He's not afraid of anybody. He was willing to give up this chance? The chance that Andy was gonna, like, totally ruin all these plans? He had no idea how the parents would react to this. They all see him tied to the bed. I mean, I don't know how Chucky thought it's okay to throw this chance away and I'll get another chance later. I don't get it. So the parents come in and thought that Kyle strapped Andy to the bed so he wouldn't tell on her for sneaking in at night. Creepy. So Brad Dorf already, like I said, has the delivery down now. It's nice, it's slow, it's not fast like real people talk. It sounds like he's talking through a doll, which is what works. So Andy's in class, and Chucky wrote, fuck you, bitch, on his schoolwork, and hands it to the teacher. <laughs> but I can't tell you how many times I wanted to hand in a paper like that to a teacher. Chucky's locked in the teacher's closet, and I love when he goes, let me out, you little dick. <laughs> Chucky stabs the teacher with a bicycle pump, and the face, the mouth he makes, and all that stuff... If you ever seen Total Recall, he looks like Quato, the guy who's in the dude's stomach, like that mouth. Look at Quato's mouth and then look at Chucky's angry mouth in that scene, and it is like identical. It is beautiful. It's like beautiful 80s. And uh, <clears throat> I know it's 90 or whatever, but one thing I will say is what, you know, he gets the yardstick out and he, he starts kind of hitting the teacher with it. Why cut away from that? And, like, that's the kind of kill that we're dying to see, right? So, what's with the censorship, and why is it mostly off-screen? I know she didn't die just from getting a little needle stabbed in her, even if he did blow the air or whatever. Like, I don't know. I think we would have liked to see a little bit more there, right? At least see the aftermath, like, pan over to her and show the aftermath of this kill and have, a, like, a, a yardstick going through her ears or something. I don't know. Just show something. So the foster dad doesn't want Andy anymore. What would you do? I wonder. Are we all jerks like this guy? I mean, is he different than any of us? Would we keep a kid who seems a little psychotic the first week you get him? Would you really want him in your house anymore? And especially all the stuff you heard about him before he got there. He was even questioning. He was like, are we qualified to do this? Like, he knew something was up. You know, he's known as the big jerk of the movie. And I don't think I could understand his character any more than anyone else just because I'm a jerk. I think that all of us, if we really think about it, we would all be a little cautious here. And we'd all kind of do the same things. He was a little hard on Andy and stuff, but, you know... Who else would have broken the statue? I mean, in reality, there's no animals there. There's no other person who really could have done it. Chucky is not a normal thing, so it would have had to have been Andy. So you can't blame him for thinking it was or whatever, you know? Like, I don't know. I think the guy kind of got a bum rap. So Chucky attacks Andy in the basement after Andy goes down there with, like, a turkey cutter. <laughs> 
and goes to give Chucky a haircut, and the thing doesn't even cut the goddamn hair off. What was it gonna do to Chucky? Like, I, I wish Chucky had, like, half his ha- hair cut off in the rest of the movie. That would have been kind of cool. Chucky, uh, like I said earlier, murders the foster dad, breaking his neck. It was, a uh, God, a horrific scene. And even more, like, gut-wrenching was the, the foster mom, when she looks at Andy and says, Get away from me. I mean, God, you really feel the weight of that, you know? Her husband is dead just died. He was in bed with her one second, says he hears something and is dead the next second. And it just seems like Andy is this terror. And now Andy has nobody. I mean, he has Kyle. But as far as parental figures go, yeah, nothing. So, the mom is done with this kid and she is packing his shit like that next, that morning. I don't don't know exactly when this happened. Yeah, I guess that morning she's packing this kid's shit. So Andy is back at that foster home. Kyle finds Tommy doll buried in the backyard and realizes that the uh, other one she stuffed in the garbage must be Chucky. And uh, she goes to get him and he escaped. So the foster mom didn't have uh, long to live without her hubby uh, because Chucky slits her throat again. You know, just like the teacher kill. Why off screen? We felt the weight of her reaction losing her husband, and now you have the chance to kill this poor woman when she already has lost everything. You give it no impact. When we do the classic, you know, Norman Bates walk up to someone's back and turn the chair, and then they're dead when you when you look at them, like, we all kind of knew it, and sure, we were like, wow, he killed her too, huh? But, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like it would have been compounded with she never got to know that Chucky was the one who killed her husband. We might assume that she died thinking Andy killed him. What? Because you don't know. Chucky could have just went behind her and cut her throat and she never saw who did it or whatever. Like, you never get that closure in that way that she knows. Like, because you want her to know that that wasn't Andy who killed her husband. And we don't know if she ever does. So, sub, you might not have ever been thinking of that, but subconsciously, that's missing from all of us. Because we all want her to know that it wasn't him, and we all know that we don't know if she knows. And now she's dead. I guess if she's dead, it don't matter what she knew, because... Which kind of makes everything in life seem like there's, uh... <laughs> it's all meaningless. So, Chucky attacks Kyle. Kyle has to now drive Chucky over to the foster home. Uh, a cop pulls her over, and he goes, oh, that's so cute. What's his name? And he turns and he says, Chucky. <laughs> that was just so funny. The delivery, the face, everything. The, like, you thought he would, because we all thought he was going to go, Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? <laughs> or whatever. But instead, he just says, Chucky. It was just funny. Kyle kind of looks like uh, Nev Campbell in this movie. I noticed that during a, a few of those driving scenes. So Kyle floors it, uh, and a uh, plastic doll goes through the windshield. I don't know how he could have propelled that hard <laughs> through. Try taking a Chucky doll from Spencer's and throwing it through your windshield. I'll tell you what, if anybody gets it through your windshield and puts a hole in it, like what happened in this movie, yeah, just like swing Chucky as hard as you can and throw him through your windshield. And if you do, I'll give you $1,000 if you get it through that window. So Chucky's in the foster home, kills the foster home lady, and makes copies of her. (laughs) 
So they're in the good guy factory, and there's thousands of boxes of Chucky. I mean, wouldn't you love to just run in there and, like, grab ten of those things, man? Keep some in mint condition, keep some in the box, have some laying around the house, have a Chucky upstairs, a Chucky downstairs, give one to somebody, try putting your soul into one of them. I'd be reciting that thing, like, every night till it worked, but then I would have no penis. So that would suck. But he seemed to manage with Tiffany in the other movie. And he didn't even have to wear a rubber. So Chucky finally completes this chant. He's been trying forever for two straight movies. He finally gets it all done. And then his nose bleeds. Because it's too late. He spent too much time in that body. And he's trapped forever. So between him going in in the beginning of the first movie. You gotta remember he was in that body through the fire. You gotta remember he was in that body while it was back in the factory, while they put a new body in. I guess his soul was in the core of it or something. I, You know, we're talking about a, a movie about a, a killer doll here. So, yeah. So even though the body was destroyed and burned and refreshed, it still counted as being in it for that long because there's no way that uh, he would be like stuck there already just based on this one movie. So, I like how Kyle and Andy get trapped in the maze of good guy dolls. That was awesome. Kyle traps Chucky Terminator style when she closed that gate on his arm in Terminator 1. But this time it closes on his hand and he has to pull it off to escape. And you see the blood and the, the shit on the inside of his hand. Then he does this weird thing where he takes a handle off a knife and he jams his arm into the knife... Now, Chucky's human, right? Is that what we're getting out of this? Like, he's back to, like, being alive human ways and inside the doll. So, so he's feeling what we would feel if we did that. Imagine cutting your, your hand off and jamming your wrist into the end of a knife. Like, I mean, oh. And he didn't even seem like he was in that much pain. So it was cool to look around this factory and see, like, the doll's, like, torsos going on the conveyor hangers and stuff like that. Like, that was pretty cool to see all that. And uh, to see that process in that way for a Chucky doll. So the factory worker gets Chucky eyes put in his head. (laughs) We're to believe that Chucky gets killed by... They were, like, jamming doll parts into Chucky's body. Like, he was getting stuffed with legs and arms and everything else. And that's how he was getting killed in that thing. Uh, But when it comes down, it's all the body parts but just Chucky's legs. So you, I don't know what we're supposed to think. But uh, either way, nope. He comes back, uh, hits Kyle with a dead guy, and uh, she goes up a conveyor belt, and Andy pours that hot, hot hot-ass rubber, I guess, or plastic, whatever, out of that thing, and it melts the shit out of Chucky. Kyle is saved on the conveyor belt. Chucky is a melted mess, and he jumps up again. This is the most resilient fucking killer ever. He comes up again and, like, lunges at Andy. And he looks like Freddy Krueger. He looks like Freddy Krueger-style Chucky. Like, if you know those people who customize everything? If somebody turned a Chucky doll into, like, a Freddy version with the skin and everything, that's exactly what it would look like. And his one of his eyes were missing. It just looked amazing. So Andy stuffs an air hose into his mouth. His head blows up. He looks like a garbage pail kid from that movie we reviewed. Uh, the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Uh, look those up on uh, Google. And 
you'll see their faces normally look like what Chucky's did mid-blow-up. But his head explodes, and that's the end of Chucky. You know, I gotta wonder, too, like, why did that house that uh, Andy was living in with those two foster parents, why was there so many, like, doors in the hallway? Like, were they planning on just loading that house up with foster kids? That's kind of creepy. And how screwed up was it when uh, the mom was talking about how she was going to give that porcelain doll? She goes, yeah, my my grandmother gave it to my mom, and my mom gave it to me. And Andy's like, yeah, who are you going to give it to, bitch? And, like, she just makes that face because, like, I guess she can't have kids or something. That was fucked up. And what would Andy's mom think? That part where Andy's walking around with that Tommy doll. Can you imagine his mom gets out of the psychiatric ward? And she's like, oh, man, they really put me through. What, what are you doing? Why do you have that? He's like, uh, what? The goddamn Chucky doll. Oh, uh, no, this one's Tommy, though. But why would you have that? After we just went through, you're gonna walk around with this thing? What, are you mocking me? I was just in a mental state. You just ruined our life. It killed my best friend, blah, 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 blah. Like, and you are betraying your family by embracing another good guy doll? Andy, are you stupid? I mean, that's the conversation I picture. But yeah, this movie is uh, pretty well-paced. Good characters, good situation. They really ramped up that third act. Wow. And the humor really perfectly encapsulates Chucky's potential without going over the top. Again, I don't mind when they go over the top with Chucky. I never, it never seems to get to a point where it's not okay for me. When they went over the top with Freddy, it really was a turnoff. And I didn't, it wasn't that long ago that I watched Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. And nothing in there really made me feel like it was breaking character. It's just how things progress, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Listen, I'm going to watch them again in detail. Uh, I'm going to do part three. I'm going to do Bride of Chucky and I'm going to do Seed of Chucky. Then we're done. So we'll see if that still holds up. And I got to see about the Bride of Chucky. I got to go back and listen to that Jump to the Shark segment. And I'm going to see if there's anything else I would add or think differently these days or say differently these days. Or if I would approach it differently these days. Normally I don't redo things we already did. um, But I could just cut that whole segment out and pop it in a bare bones release and just kind of do a new intro and uh, an outro for it. Maybe giving some, you know, overall encapsulating thoughts or refresh thoughts, but you could also hear that too. So I don't have to do all that again. Because I can't imagine I would take that many different notes than I took in 2012. But anyway, that was Child's Play 2, and I forgot to give a rating for Child's Play 1. So I guess I'll do them both in this show. Or maybe for the podcast feed, I'll update it with a rating or whatever. But, um, yeah, for those of you who are not going to go back and listen to that or whatever. uh, Child's Play 1, I give that a um, 4 out of 5. Really like it. And this movie, I'll give a 4.5 out of 5. Okay, so today is December 16th. Monday, I would have done Child's Play 3. And the 23rd, I would have done Sprite of Chucky. But instead, to celebrate the one-year anniversary of my Friday the 13th fan film, I'm going to do a show like this on the 20th, Monday, about my movie. Everything I didn't get to say in the video commentary. And then I'm going to release the video commentary, not on Thursday, as usual, but on Friday, the actual 
anniversary of the original airing of that movie on YouTube. Um, it might have a little more, but believe it or not, that movie has 850,000 views. And it has about 7,000 likes. So that's cool. So we'll see you Monday for that. Didn't take me long to get to a Friday 13th show, huh? Oh, wait, I already did one. Son of a bitch.